What's up, Jack? Hello and welcome to another edition of the What's Up Radio Show with your host, Brian V. Every week we bring you different uh, music from around the world. This time we have Kevin Gullickson from Radio Drive, and we caught up with him earlier on in the month, and this is what he had to say. Okay, how you doing? Hey, Brian, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm thrilled to be on Zenicus Radio on the What's Up Show. Absolutely, and we're glad to have you here. Hey, thank you. Yeah, this is a real treat. Okay, tell me a little bit about this album you're working on. Yeah, well, um, of course, my name is Kevin Gullickson, and I uh, had a band called Radio Drive, uh, put that together about five, six years ago, and um, it's been through different formations along the years, but I kept the name Radio Drive and have been recording more as a solo artist, but just under that band name, and put out a CD in 2012 called This Is Our Time, started getting some real good international attention, radio play and reviews, and um, in 2000, started working on an EP with, with the main focus on us called A Taste of Heaven. Got that released finally in uh, February of 2014 and have been promoting that all, all last year. Uh, Taste of Heaven was recorded out in LA with a producer named Chris Garcia. He's worked with some big names, Adele, um, Katy Perry, Celine Dion, just to name a few. And, um, yeah, it's been really going great. That's good. That's good. We've, uh, Got some of your material up now on heavy rotation on Zenicus Radio. Nice. Cool. Uh, Thank so you. I got a, a, an opportunity to listen to a lot of it. It's got some really sweet sounds in it. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, um, another song that's been getting a lot of attention is called Footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, I was actually working with a music attorney out in New York and he submitted it to the Grammys. Um, and it was accepted for consideration. Obviously, I didn't make the list for nomination, but hey, it was a thrill just to get, you know, in the Absolutely. door for consideration. I'm game with that. <laughs> so, Absolutely. I mean, that's where yeah. a lot of people get. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been great. Um, I, I got the attention of a uh, management company last August called Artista Group. Uh, located in LA and they've got offices in Denmark and managers and agents throughout the world. And I signed with them. So we've got some big things in the works here for this year, 2015. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So where do you get the muse for this stuff? Pick a song and, and tell me where you got the idea for it and how it came together. Oh, well, let's, let's go with Taste of Heaven since, um, that one um, has probably been one of the more recent ones that I released. Um, I used to live out in New York City and uh, I met my wife out there and um, just a great place. I love New York City. It was just such a carefree time. Um, and the funny thing, I, I never wrote a song to capture that moment. And I, I had purposed one evening just to, to write a song just to, to capture how wonderful it was out there. And, you know, and... Um, so I just started, you know, writing out the words and picked up my guitar and, you know, just came up with the jingle, you know, the, the opening riff for the song and just kind of worked around that, um, you know, got the chorus melody in my head and worked some chords around that. So um, a lot of times my songs will come from experiences, personal experiences or observations if I'm observing others, you know, or just something that really gets my attention pulls on my emotions or something. Other songs are actually written just, you know, sitting at the piano and coming around a riff uh, or picking up the guitar and, you know, finding either a, a, a hook riff or maybe some chords. 
Um, you know, and then I'll just start working something around there, maybe some lyrics that would fit. Maybe they're meaningless at the time, just kind of gibberish so I could fill in the blanks and then sit down and get a theme in my head and then write the song around that. So kind of comes from a lot of different angles. Mm-hmm. Reminded of uh, uh, Paul McCartney when he wrote yes. Yesterday. Yes, I was thinking that. Yes, yes, scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. eggs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, some of them are just like that. You know, I just kind of like it. It's almost like a bookmark. You know, the words are like a, a bookmark, you know, to come back to later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you never know when the, the muse of the inspiration is going to hit you. Oh, I know. It's funny. I mean, um, it'll hit in the most inopportune <laughs> places and times. It's like, you know, I, I'm you know, on a bus or somewhere or, or I'm at work and, you know, I get this song idea. It's like, this is great, you know, or, or I, I lay down to go to sleep at night. And while you're all relaxed, that creativity sometimes flows. And it's like, oh, this is great. You know, okay. So do I get up and spend a few hours, you know, into the wee hours of the night writing this here, or do I just sleep it off or what do I do? <laughs> yeah. I found that if you, uh, if you come up with an idea for a song, you have to deal with it right away. You do. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's gone. You know, that's the funny thing. You're absolutely right. I mean, there have been times where, yeah, I've gotten out of bed. It's like, okay, I'm going to capture this song, and I do. But other times, um, it's like, I'll come back to it later. But there is no later. It's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a muse a muse thing. Like one of the it things, really is. One of the things I've always learned is, just, you know, write it down or grab a uh, uh, piece of paper and write the lyrics if that's what it is. Or one of those, uh, what do you call yeah. it, those little digital recorder thingies. Yeah. Well, I even have like on my iPhone, I'll, I'll record, you know, on there. Just like me going like, bum, 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 you know, or something like that. But then when I play it back later, it's like, what was I thinking? I, I just didn't get it. You know, um, it didn't convey, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I need to be at my keyboard or guitar and develop it from there. Like, cause some of them might be based on like the sounds that I'm getting as opposed to the melody, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like the guitar, for example, one of my songs, um, um, footsteps, actually, the riff, the opening riff for that was written around a uh, guitar part, you know, and it's got this jangly sound with a lot of delay going on. And, um, you know, it was just that riff. And then I created the rest of the song around it, you know. So uh, it'd be kind of hard to, like, talk that into my iPhone to capture that, you know. <laughs> I yeah. don't know how I would do it. <laughs> well, you know what? You got a good point there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost like you'd need, um, you know, like an app. Um, or like, I suppose like an iPad mini, for example, you can have like an app like GarageBand, for example, mm-hmm. with instruments you can dial up so you can at least kind of, you know, poke around on the little keyboard or they've got like the guitar you can pull up and you pluck the strings, you know, mm-hmm. so you can kind of capture something like that. But I mean, it's, it's, it's still a work in progress for me how, how to do that, uh, you know, unless I'm right here at home in my studio, guitar in hand or sitting at my keyboard. <laughs> yeah. If you're lucky enough to have it happen then, eh? Yes, yes. <laughs> I know. Well, I know. I mean, if you try to sit down and write a song, it never seems to happen. Yeah, that's a funny thing, too. And there are days where, you know, it's like, okay, I've got a four-hour block here. i got 
cleared the calendar, nothing going on. I'm going to sit down and write a song. And yeah, it just doesn't come, you know. So you, you're right. You kind of have to catch that muse while you can. And then when I have that four-hour block, that's when I develop the song. So that kind of works good. You know, I, I have the song idea if I'm able to capture it, you know, adequately. And then I'll block off some time to start developing it, you know, and, and working around it. That seems to be real successful for me. That works good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's one of, there's one of those things. Uh, I knew a fellow who had uh, an idea come to him in a pool. Oh. <laughs> and he was swimming around and, the, and, and he got the idea in his head and he yeah. hopped out of the pool and he ran back to his room. He got out his guitar and started recording. Cool. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> and it was like he, he wrote the song in like a half an hour. It was just like it just came out. Nice. You know? Nice. Of people sitting around for hours trying to put something together. I mean, yeah. obviously it wasn't yeah. the finished product, but I mean, the whole thing, the idea, the muse, everything was right, right there. Oh, totally. Yeah. And and I've had that too. There was one night I, I, I laid down in bed and this song came to me and I got up and the whole thing was done in like 15 minutes. Had mm-hmm. the, had the whole thing done. It's a song called Two Simple Words. It's off of my uh, This Is Our Time CD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... it's- Crazy how that happened. It's good with my, you know, recording stuff and then came back and developed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, the internet's just kind of being funny here. <laughs> yeah, are you getting some fluctuations or? <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's back again. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's Skype, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're coming in loud and clear here. No fluctuations. So tell me, do you have the same group of musicians play with you all the time or just as on a studio basis as you need them? Well, um, since I signed with Artista, the first thing they want to do is, you know, set up a tour. And, um, you know, so they said, okay, let's get a band together. So I started auditioning folks, um, you know, musicians here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area last September, October, and took a few months to find the right guys. So... Um, I do have a band now that uh, we're playing local clubs here in Minnesota. Um, so that's been the first time I've had a band for about five years. Um, prior to that, you know, playing with different musicians and stuff, different projects coming along. But I, I find it's hard to keep a group of guys together for a long period of time, mm-hmm. you know, mainly because um, after a while, you know, maybe interest might wane. Or, you know, they're, they're focused on another style of music or other opportunities come up. Mm-hmm. So for now, I, I have a band. I think they're marvelous and I would love it if they, they, they stay committed for, you know, several years and do more recording. That's a plan. So um, incredible uh, group that I'm playing with, um, Ben Keyboards, uh, Wes and Patrick on drums, real solid musicians. Um, so... It's it's really cool. So I, I assume you're playing guitar then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm doing lead, lead vocals and guitar. Yep, and lead guitar. Excellent. So. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I know. I know. It's really hard to to keep the same group of guys together. If, if yeah. Have, you know, you you kind of get used to it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. You can kind of hear it in your head already what it's going to sound like before it even gets recorded. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you 
you're familiar with the three-man band concept mm-hmm. where you've been playing together for so long. There's almost this psychic thing oh, yeah. going on in it. And I was first introduced to that uh, several years ago. But I guess my point is, is that, that this band had been playing together for so long that we could go into a middle of a jam and do a 180 degree turn and everybody would be on the same page. Uh, that's when the magic happens. I know exactly what you're describing. Yeah, it's just something that um, this connection, this, um, you know, symbiotic relationship, you know, where you're just reading off each other without even saying a word. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's, yeah, that's that's when the magic happens. Absolutely. So what's in the what's in the future? What do you think's in the future for you in the next year or so? Well, like I say, Artista, uh, they're working on, on a tour of Europe, oh, nice. um, hopefully launching. Yeah, hopefully launching this summer. They're, they're diligently working on it. Um, of course, I love to tour the whole world, including Canada, um, especially during the warmer months. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Paradise in the, in the warmer months. Oh, for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's what's in the works. Um, and doing more recording. Uh, I've got so many songs that I'm working on, of at least a full album's worth right now. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of finding the time. Most of my time has been uh, working up the live show with the band that I have now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been playing a lot of clubs in the area. Um, got a lot more in the calendar. So we'll continue doing that. Um, you know, I trust the tour is going to launch. So we'll be playing throughout Europe and, you know, um, have the opportunity to record an album and then do it all over again. <laughs> How long have you been doing this? Oh, let's see. Quite a while. Probably, um, well, I guess in, in, in a serious endeavor, probably about 25 years. Okay. So 20 years, maybe. Um, I mean, it was Great, you know, years ago playing in the clubs here in Minneapolis, St. Paul um, with some bands. I had interest from Capitol Records at one time, um, moved to New York City and and uh, kept working out there, uh, playing clubs. And I actually had interest from Arista Records and um, RCA Records, liked my music, wanted to hear more. Um, Capitol Records again called me up. Uh, I had a call from a rep from... Um, Atlantic Records, one of their talent scouts. So I had a lot of things happening. And um, so, and then um, kind of took a hiatus for a while. We moved back from Minnesota and took a few years off. You know, have I've got a few kids and raising the family and stuff. And But uh, now that they're older, I'm coming back at it here with, with uh, you know, everything I've got to make this happen. So... Mm-hmm. You know, coming at it again here, so it's good. So I'm, I'm wondering is if you've been in it that long, you've probably formed some kind of opinion as to how the internet has impacted indie music, especially from the point of view as as you were saying, all these different record companies, uh, you know, wanted to hear more of what you were doing, mm-hmm. as as opposed to the successes that you've gained. Because of the internet, do you think that's affected mm-hmm. you at all? Well, yeah. I mean, as you know, everything has changed. I mean, um, just to kind of answer your question in a slightly roundabout way, um, you know, years ago, before the internet, um, 
record companies would find an artist and develop them, you know, because the internet obviously wasn't around at that time, you know, in the eighties and nineties. Um, so there's no way to track, you know, fan base, Twitter followers and all of that. So if they liked the music, it was, you know, a bit of an, a gamble and, and quite an investment. You know, it's like, we like what you got. Let's hear more. It sounds good. You know, play a few showcases. People like it. Boom, you got a deal. But now, um, not only because of the internet, but just because there's so many bands out there now, um, record companies, they want to know, okay, how many followers do you got? How many fans do you got? What's your Facebook? What's your Twitter, social sites? Um, you know, how, how many people are you bringing into the clubs? What's the dollar amount of your sales? It's kind of like a business, you know, let, let's see the, the annual report for, for your band. You know, let's see the two columns, you know, how do they add up in the end? Um, if it looks good, if it's a money-making deal, then you get signed. So that's kind of how it is now. Most people know that. But I, I really think that there's still a lot of um, record companies just searching for kind of the old-fashioned way of just finding a, a, an artist and saying, this guy's brilliant, you know, or this this act is amazing, you know, and they'll work with them. They'll nurture them and help them along. So um I still think that does happen, probably not as much, but, you know, I love those stories like, um, you know, where somebody uploads some music, uh, this guy, Owl City, you may have heard of him, he's from Minnesota, so I know him and his his bunch, um, uploaded some music um, on MySpace and um, got like two million views and just people loved it, Sony Music jumped right on that, got a deal, you know. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff still happens. And, of course, you know, all those um, videos that go viral, you know, mm-hmm. um, even the corny ones, you know, then what does the fox say or whatever that song is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those kind of things go viral. You get a couple million hits, people are all over it. Like, oh, this is a funny one. Um, you may have heard of this. Um, um, some older lady in Wisconsin um, probably in her mid-late 60s, early 70s, used to play in a, in a girl rock band years ago. She would go into uh, a local music shop once a week and play drums, you know, just to kind of rock out. And somebody had um, videotaped her, like with their iPhone, uploaded it to YouTube. Within two weeks, she had like mil- a million views and it just kept counting. And a week or two later... She started getting calls from David Letterman, Jay Leno, you know, talk shows. She was getting calls, you know, endorsements, uh, you know, wanting to sign up for endorsements for products and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, here it is, just some old lady, nobody knows her, gets uploaded on YouTube and boom, her whole life changes, celebrity status. <laughs> yeah, right out of the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, some small town was... So, you know, the internet can be an absolutely amazing, huge tool, huge asset, you know, um, connecting with people. Well, like for me, you know, I, I, I met, um, you know, Artista Group through Twitter. Um, you know, we connected a few emails, a few phone calls, you know, and then we signed a deal. So, um, you know. Well, there you, you network for you. 
Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, um, well, like meeting with you even, you know, just connecting, submitting some songs to Zenicus Radio and getting your email. You like it, you're adding it. And, you know, here we are talking on the phone and or Skype, I should say. And, uh, you know, people are listening around the world. So I, I love it in that it just makes the world all the smaller, you know, Um you know, here we are, you're in Canada, I'm down in Minnesota, and, and we're talking and we've got people listening all around the world. So to me, that's just phenomenal. Well, absolutely. I'm reminded of a story of a folk singer in a pub. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a fellow from one of the record companies, I can't remember which one it was, but his wife was visiting their family in England. Mm-hmm. So the the father did what the father usually does. He takes the family down for the for the pub pop pie, <laughs> and and listens to this fella sing. So the, <laughs> the, the the wife is just totally taken away as this absolutely amazing singer, and so he, he she she calls her her husband and says, "You've got to hear this guy. He's absolutely amazing." And so he says, "Well, I I, I trust you. You you know." what you like and what you every other listener everywhere so okay i'll have a listen to it he did he signed <laughs> up for a record deal wow Roger Whitaker. wow that's amazing yes <laughs> it's just it's amazing how opportunities can happen when you least expect it and yes. they especially happen when you stop trying <laughs> you know you've got a really good point there yeah that's absolutely amazing and yeah, you got to stay optimistic. You're right. And just say yes to everything, you know, and just seize this opportunity because it may, might lead to three more, you know, and those might lead to six more. And mm-hmm. next thing you know it, you've got a momentum and and people are calling you and saying, hey, you've got something, you know, we want to work with you. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's great. It's, it's totally amazing what can happen. Uh, I can remember a band booting being <laughs> I don't want to get sued, so I'm not going to mention their name. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was a joke. They they they, they uh-huh. put it into a Toronto radio station. It was just a joke. Right? They were they were just yeah. kidding. Well, uh-huh. I guess they won it. They got the record deal. They became wow. world famous. Wow. <laughs> and, and you know when the story was told afterwards, it was like, what the <laughs> heck happened here? Like we were kidding. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. I I love those unexpected surprises like that, you know? Yeah, that is amazing. Well, like that grandma, you know, going in to play drums, you know, none of that was planned. It was just, they probably uploaded it like, hey, you know, not to be mean or anything, but just like, wow, look at this, this old lady playing drums, you know, they kind of uploaded it and Mm -hmm. boom, you know? (laughs) absolutely like go figure right i know that's great yeah and then then you got the guy next door some drummer kid down the block or whatever who's just you know spending hours drumming and drumming and trying to get noticed and nothing ever happens and here this lady without even trying (laughs) you know is getting calls from david letterman well yeah that's the thing that's the thing like it's almost like the weirder thing you do yeah the more likely it is uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't think I'm going to really get in the way of a bear and have him run me over, <laughs> but if you could do it and survive to talk about it, yes, I think that would qualify. I think that would go viral. 
Oh yeah. Well, that's kind of what I heard about that. Um, uh, what does the fox say? I, I didn't catch the whole story, and I may be wrong. So you, you know, but that was uh, I, I heard that that was done as a joke too. You know, they were just going to do something silly. You know, and then it took off, and that was unexpected. Absolutely. And <laughs> that the craziest things happen. I know. I know. Then you get these guys that have been working for years and years and years and years and years. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many bands I've seen in the basement. Oh, yeah. That absolutely blow away any mainstream artist I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And there they stay. You know? mm-hmm. And you, yeah. you, you try to say, well, I, I, I'd really like to talk to some people about this because you really got something here. And yeah. I, I don't say that very often. They don't seem to, they, they don't even seem to care. They just want to play in the basement and play, which is cool. I mean, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but that's yet another dimension of exactly the same thing, mm-hmm. but kind of sideways, you know? Like, it's like, yeah, it's kind of almost, yeah, the reverse. It's like, they're so good. Why don't you get out there? It's like, no, I don't really want to. Yeah, I've met people like that too, okay. you know, or I've tried to talk them into joining me, you know, in my band. It's like, you're amazing. Come on, let's, you know, I'll do all the work here. I just want to get you on stage so people can hear you. And mm-hmm. no, no, I really don't want to. And. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's kind of that opposite thing. It, that's interesting. It, it is, you know, and it's just strange because it doesn't seem to matter where you go in this world. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing is constantly happened. Yeah, true. I mean, one of the absolutely most phenomenal keyboards players I have ever heard. I mean, this guy feels it. It's like it's in his bones. Mm-hmm. He plays keyboards like we breathe. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, and it, he's he's totally amazing. Yeah. But yet he he'll play in the basement with his buddies, but that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not interested in in going out and doing gigs. Uh, and and I and I asked him why. He said, I don't know. It's just what I do. <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. Isn't that something? I've um kind of on a further plateau here or side sideways I, i've done a lot of studying over the last several years um kind of positive thinking if you will you know um just some amazing books written about you know like power of our minds and just shaping our future you know the law of attraction and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and um success for example there's a, a phenomenal book i don't know if you've ever had a chance to read this book it's called think grow rich by napoleon hill um got to put it on your reading list uh it's just an amazing book it was written back like around 1920s 1930s uh dale carnegie you know one of the movers and shakers here in america you know during the big boom years um industrial years really when the country was changing um dale carnegie had hired him to write a book studying all the the billionaires and millionaires and movers and shakers here in america and just to write what's the common denominator that these guys have how do their minds think so you know he interviewed thomas edison henry ford you know and others and just had all these common denominators and he put it together in this book and part of it is just huge the mind kind of like you know as you think so it is you know mm-hmm. if you think you're a loser well you're probably going to end up just failure after failure you know mm-hmm. 
But if you think positive, like, I can do this. The solution is there somewhere. I'm going to focus on that. I'm just going to start. I don't know what the next step is. But if I take that step, I know things are just going to start happening. You know, when they take that positive approach, everything works together for good. They just keep at it. Um, you know, resources come, others come, you know, whatever they need. And pretty soon the momentum is there and things start happening. And they kind of shape that, you know, with their thoughts and their direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it even talks about like the law of attraction. You know, like if, if somebody's just super positive thinking that just positive things just seem to come, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like on Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore, you know, he's just always dismal and stuff, you know, nothing ever works out right. And, you know, that kind of being the other attitude, you know, and I've met people like that too. It's a real sad state of mind, but, you know, I mean, you know, things just don't work out. They lose their job, this or that, the car breaks down, you know, and it's just like an endless cycle and, you know, if they would readjust their thinking and their focus on positive things and just do whatever work necessary. I mean, there's a lot of work involved, but it, I mean, it's a fascinating read all that stuff. You know, have you ever read anything like that? Oh Brian? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I, good I stuff. Think it's the, the biggest thing. Um, oh, that's the word I'm looking for. Visualization. Yes, yes, that's, if there's you, a, if you visualize yourself doing something. Big chat too, yeah, so, yes, huge, yeah, I mean, I think the mind is like a huge computer, and, and you input the data, we have the means to input the data, you know, um, you input good stuff, you process it, you visualize, you know, and, it's going to go that direction. Your whole life is going to go that direction. So, I mean, that was huge for me, a huge turning point for me when I started reading these books, you know, like about five years ago. You know, it was just like a, a breath of fresh air, you know, mm-hmm. um, a whole new direction. It's like, what you mean? I have the power to change things? Because, you know, the circumstances that I was in, I realized that I got here because of me. I took, I had to take responsibility, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, okay, you know, I, I missed some opportunities, uh, and I'm in this situation because of choices that I made, you know, instead of getting bitter and blaming everybody else, it's like, okay, I get out of this, you know, I've got the power and the means to get out of this just the same way I got into it. So, mm-hmm. um, just re start thinking differently, rearrange my thoughts, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a bit of a battle with the mind if you're used to thinking negative things and things not working out, but, you know, it's, I don't know, it's so much more pleasant to think positive thoughts and visualize good things. And it's, it's amazing the difference that it's made in my life and, you know, other people who, you know, have, have shared their thoughts. Um, somebody that I know is an independent filmmaker is just, just doing wonderfully and he's he's all about that he got me involved you know reading some of these books uh um other authors and stuff so well there's uh, a there's actually there's a a guy from uh, canada who just recently wrote an article um that i that i read and he was successful at like just about everything he did he was successful at Mm. Uh, and one of the things he did was he put a rather famous uh, Canadian city um, on the map. 
because of his successes. He, wow. he started off, uh, he got a record deal from uh, a Toronto-based company. And then Sony picked him up. And cool. Sony realized that he was this incredible songwriter. He could write all this stuff. I mean, now on, on, on uh, Saturdays in midwinter, when he has his parties, you know, there's just about every celebrity you can think of in his living room. You know what I mean? Wow, like, cool. It, it's just totally amazing. And, and his way of thinking is like, A, you got to think that you can do it. You got to know mm-hmm. that you can do it. Yeah. Like, and your attitude sort of is, well, I'm not there yet, but I'm going to mm-hmm. get there. Yep. Uh, and you've got to take the chance. Take the leap. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, so many people are so afraid to take the leap, you know, that yeah. they just let all these opportunities go by. And, and your, your positive thinking is bringing all of these, these, mm-hmm. these, these positive things to you. But if you don't take the leap and do something about it, yeah. then it's, it's just going to, it's just going to go away. And I've seen it happen so many times. You know, yep. like it, it doesn't always have to be a money thing. Right. It can be, but sometimes it's just, I'm too afraid to, to fail mm-hmm. that I'm not even going to try. Exactly. You know. Yeah. And fear. Yeah. Fear is huge. I mean, just, you know, people fret about things. I mean, you've probably heard fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. So they look at that and one of these, uh, you know, books that I've read, they say, what you focus on will expand. So in other words, you're focusing on the fear, that's going to expand, it's going to enlarge, it's going to be like self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're focusing on all the reasons why you shouldn't do something, but if you just flush all that and just focus on, hey, yeah, I'm going to, I know I'm afraid, but I'm going to take a step anyway. You know, what could happen. Mm-hmm. You start focusing on the positive. Well, maybe I could start writing songs. Maybe I could re- release a single. Maybe I could get some radio play, you know, and you start thinking about that and you get energized and you just do it. So, you know, I think more recently, I think I've come to the conclusion that success is far more that mental discipline than it is anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, we were talking earlier about these phenomenal musicians that, you know, never get anywhere. Um, and then here you got somebody that can, you know, barely play a scale, you know, on a guitar or piano. It's like they get a record contract, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? But I bet if you sat down and talked to them, it's like I visualized this all my life. I've waited for this all my life. I've, you know. Mm-hmm. Positive, you know, um, or somebody in their camp, manager or somebody had that positive, I'm going to make this happen. You know, it's like, okay, you get a no here. That's fine. I'm going over here. I'm looking for my yes. I'm looking for my yes. You know, you just keep going down mm-hmm. until somebody says yes. It's like, boom, record deal. You know, we're on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm convinced uh, that the mind is huge. You know, just the disciplines in success. I mean, all the people that I've I've you know, learned about and stuff. I mean, the famous musicians and actors, like even the Beatles, for example, they would um, get together before their gigs and it was kind of cute. They would say, okay, where are we going, lads? We're going to the toppermost, to the poppermost, you know, to the mm-hmm. top, 
you know, they would pump the blood and just, you know, have their little war chant, and, and that's where they went. They went to the top. Mm-hmm. So, just, yeah. I'm reminded of uh, John Bon Jovi. When he went to uh, get away from the rock thing, mm-hmm. and he moved into the country thing, and it was like all the, it was, I think it was Richie Sambar that said, well, John wanted to do it, and we had faith in him, so we just jumped off the cliff with him. Yeah. (laughs) They knew that everything that he's going to do is going to work because of his attitude towards what happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, not everybody likes his music, but I think every musician everywhere certainly admires his tenacity. Oh, totally. Yeah. And that's another key element, tenacity. Yeah. Just don't give up that determination. I'm convinced that when you make a quality decision that you're going to do something, everything changes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm taking responsibility. I'm investing myself. I'm taking ownership. I'm going to move forward with this. Things happen. You know, it's just kind of like your radar picks up opportunities and opportunities start coming to you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And getting back to what you talked about on the internet, you know, earlier when we were talking these opportunities like the music communities, there's so many of them that have, you know, you upload your songs, a profile, or you submit to various opportunities, you know, um, music licensing, for example, or, you know, radio shows, interviews, write-ups. I mean, you got the whole world right there, you know, all these opportunities. So um, it's making it so much easier to connect and, and just when you make that decision, Boy, just get on the computer and start doing Google searches. You know, you're probably going to have dozens and dozens of places you can start submitting to and just keep looking for that. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just yeah. like when I first started doing the, the original WhatsApp radio show, uh, I went from having 10 listeners and I thought, you know what? This is, this is absolutely dismal. <laughs> like, and I, I've never done it before, right? So I mean, yeah, like, yeah. So I learned as I went, and I, and and I and I thought, okay, well, where are the people who are listening, uh-huh. and, and what do they like? Yeah. So I I figured it out, and I and I went and I started submitting to various different directories, and as a result, uh, we went from having like ten listeners to like. 4,500 listeners in, wow. in like four short months. That and, is amazing. Yeah. And then same as we started off with uh, Zenicus Radio, uh, I think I had one listener in the first month. Right? <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is going on here? Uh, and uh, by the end of December, we'd passed 15,000 Amazing. That is phenomenal. I love those kind of stories. You know, yeah, and then you did your due diligence. You you did your homework. It's like, okay, what do I got to do? Yeah. You know, you made the decision. You started looking for opportunities. You did your homework because it's not just going to fall in your lap. Yep. You know, we got to take responsibility. And so, yeah, that is so admirable. That is, I love those stories. Cool. Absolutely. And so as a result of that, I'm able to um, sort of do the indie thing. Uh, nice. I mean, I <laughs> The biggest reason is I don't have to deal with uh, uh, the multi-tiered licensing here. Oh, yeah. If if I go the mainstream, I've got to deal with three different licensing things. If okay. I go the indie way, then I only have to deal with one of them. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, I, a lot of paperwork. Yeah. Absolute. I was banging my head against the wall. I mean, there's not even a space in the license for what I'm doing. Oh, interesting. Right. So th- they weren't even going to. Uh, they it, like they were. Even, they said, "Well, look, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You can't do that." And I tried. I I tried to guide many many people uh, who illegally broadcasting in Canada. Uh, and they say, well, all I need is this license to do this. No, 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 no. If you have that license, you can do the indie stuff. And as long as you have permission from them, the master rights owner, you can go ahead and do this. Mm-hmm. No problems. But if you don't, then this particular agency is the one that pays the companies. And they're the ones who say, well, no, we'd love to be able to play your music. And I was talking to one of the reps at Sony, and Sony said, and they said, which incidentally was the only one that actually called me back and said, you know, as though we'd like to, but we have contractual agreements with our artists, so we can't let you do that. So they put the pressure on this particular agency and finally said, you know what? Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to go start an indie station. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, it has become complex, hasn't it? Uh, Complex, complicated, and and just... You know, and you can't blame them. It's all money. You know, I mean, you got to make money and somebody's got to pay for, for this and that. But yeah, it's, well, even like the downloading, you know, like uh, the MP3 files and stuff. Yes. I'm sure you heard about some lady up North Minnesota who uh, was caught, like a single mom, you know, and fined like half a million dollars. You know, she's got to pay half a million dollars mm-hmm. for the songs that she illegally downloaded. I mean, they just kind of caught her as an example, you know. Mm-hmm. And prosecuted her, but um, yeah, it's that. That's a whole other story. There, <laughs> I'm reminded <laughs> but, of one of the Star Trek movies. Oh, I love Star Trek. <laughs> Does anybody remember when all we had to do was play music? Yeah. That's not what he said, but does anybody remember that we were just explorers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Does anybody remember when all we had to do was play music? Now you've yeah. got to be a part lawyer, part... Oh, I know. Crazy. Well it's, well, it's funny you mention it. I mean, you know, as a solo artist myself, you know, um, you know, I do have my home studio, so I've been recording music here at my home studio. And... Just to keep expenses down. I mean, I learned how to, you know, mix my songs, but I have sent them out for mastering in the final mix. But, you know, once you get it back, you know, then you got to put on the promoter's cap and become a a, like a a salesman promoter, you know, and start, you know, putting together email letters, promo packets and sending out and stuff, you know. Um, and then, of course, when somebody wants to work with you, you're right. You got to put on the business cap and and look over the contract. And um, you know, thankfully, my dad and brother were attorneys, so I'm familiar with some legal jargon. You know, um, especially the two key words: exclusive and non-exclusive. You know. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I stay away from exclusive contracts. I mean, unless it's you know somebody huge that's going to you know really be a worthwhile investment, but. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I stay non-exclusive and, um, you know, so just understanding some of those key phrases. Uh, I did hire an attorney when I signed with Artista, though. I thought that was a big move and I needed legal guidance with that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so, I mean, you got, you know, business cap, you're going over that. And um, you're right. You, you, you know, if you really want to get serious with the business, at least getting started, 
you've got to you've got to be savvy not only as a musician but you know kind of coordinating the recording and everything um you got to be savvy with promoting and sales with with business you know contracts and stuff um who to work with and who to say no you know and stay away from because there's a lot of people out there that you know for lack of better words they're just dead weight you know well there's a lot of there's a lot of uh major acts out there um that have been signed to so many terrible management deals. Yeah. They're still paying. Uh, now, there's a reason why I'm getting this. I'll get, I'll get into in a sec. Uh, they're still paying a management fee on previous managers because they didn't read the clause that said at all. Mm. The entire package, mm-hmm. not per album. Uh, yeah. Now, the reason why I mention that is, is that I'm sure there's going to be a letter out there right now who's going to say, <laughs> what are you talking about? Any, any deal with a manager is going to be good. You know, as long as they've got the power to get me somewhere. Well, yeah, yeah. the only problem is, is once you get there, they're still holding. There's, and even if you've gone on to another manager, mm-hmm. that manager is still making their 20% or whatever the, the amount is. Of mm-hmm. albums that aren't even selling anymore. Yeah, so, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because in the contract that I signed, there's a what they call a sunset clause. And I did some research online and found out about that. Yeah, they're typically about five years. Each year, the percentage decreases little by little. So let's just say you, you're signing at 20%. Then you break the deal with end the contract with the management company. Well, the next year... Maybe they'll make 18%, and the next year maybe 15%, 12%, 10 you know, and so on. Mm-hmm. till at the end of the five years, and they won't make anything after that. But, yeah, you know, all the stuff that's encompassed in the contract, you know, merchandise, record sales, you know, I suppose maybe even concert income. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely if anybody listening is considering any kind of a contract of a serious nature, hire a music attorney, Probably. you know. Absolutely, yes, yes. And I made I made a few mistakes too. I mean, thankfully smaller dollar amounts and stuff and just like for promotional things um, where I wish that I had hired an attorney to look it over because there was no out clause. And the companies that were doing the promotion, um, they were in control. There was no out clause. There was no um, leverage for me to hold them accountable. You know, it's like, okay, in the contract, it says you're supposed to do this, this, and this. Well, what if that doesn't happen? There was no no way for me to come back at them, you know, as, as mm-hmm. if like, because that clause has got to be in every contract. It's like, okay, if, if such and such company does not perform, you know, um, such and such by this date, and be specific. That's another huge, huge thing in contracts. Don't leave anything vague or ambiguous mm-hmm. definitions like this date, you know, or this quantifiable, measurable amount of dollar sales, units sold, or something that can be measured, mm-hmm. put that in the contract. And so you've got an out clause. And so like, so if this has not been delivered by the promotion company or whatever, mm-hmm. this contract shall become immediately null and void and no further, um, you know, monies shall be paid by artist, something like that, just to like cut all ties because... I got burned on two contracts, and uh, boy, if I'd only known that, you know. You and I both learned the hard way. Oh, yeah. Remember, remember, hire an attorney. (laughs) 
Yes, teenagers, yes. you do not know everything. I'm telling you this. Oh. If you've never listened to anything I've ever said before, please be <laughs> careful. Listen to Brian. He knows what he's saying. <laughs> I have been burned so many times. I feel oh. like a darn matchstick. Oh, man. You know? Oh, I hear you. I hear you. You know, that's kind of another thing, too. Like uh, we're talking about the state of mind and mental disciplines. Never be desperate. Don't be desperate. Because, again, we're talking about fear, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, fear leads to desperation. It's like, oh, this is, you know, somebody's interested. I got to sign. I may never have another chance like this. Well, if it's a shady deal, you don't want to sign with them because, yeah, you're right. That may be your last deal because you're going to be anchored into a contract and you're going to be skunked and your money's going to be all sucked up. Mm-hmm. So don't be desperate. Absolutely. You because know, if you're desperate, you're a, you're a sitting duck. Well, yeah, you know, the funny thing, you, you know, you know about wolves up, up your way in Canada, how they smell fear. Mm-hmm. The wolves in this music industry smell desperation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they can smell it a mile away. They talk just, you know, a few emails or a, a Skype call or a phone call. They can smell it. You know, they'll, they'll throw some keywords at you and stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. they'll just hook you right in. Yeah. So will they, so will your attorneys do when they hear it. <laughs> they'll start yeah. saying stuff back and they go, wait a while. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can rearrange that a little bit. You know, yeah. Especially because once you've got to the negotiation part of the part of the part of the thing, mm-hmm. you're basically the ball is in your court because yes. if they're still talking to you, mm-hmm. they're interested. Yeah. Right. But why is it that nobody ever seems to realize that? They still <laughs> they still give up their hand. I know. Please, people, listen. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have for today. Okay. Uh, Okay, we're going to have three in a row from Radio Drive coming up on the What's Up Radio Show right here on Zenicus Radio. All right. Thank you, Brian. This has been a blast. Oh, thank you very much. It's been a terrific interview. Yeah, fun talking with you. All righty, Brian. I look forward to that. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye now.